Genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one stubborn pony at a time. <laughs> I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we're talking about Minute 70, which starts with Mary saying, excuse me, and ends with Theoden contemplatively looking around the the people of Edoras. Yes. So yeah. Most of this minute is not in the theatrical. Correct. Uh, both... Mary swearing fealty to Theoden and the exchange between Legolas and Gimli, I believe, is also not in the theatrical. Yeah, yeah. Because it's ref- it's a reference to things that happen in the book, but we never see in the movies. So. Right. But yeah, I like that. I love. I've always really liked this moment of Mary swearing fealty to Theoden. Right. Because I think it's, it's a it's a nice reverse of the way that Pippin swears fealty to Denethor. Yeah. Ultimately, it was cut because they had just done that not that long ago in the movie, and they decided they didn't need this in the theatrical. Right. But. I don't know. It, it's a good scene, and I think it's, I think it serves a good narrative purpose, as well. I I don't see a reason why this moment itself couldn't have been in theatrical, because I think it serves the narrative purpose of continuing to keep Mary and Pippin linked, even though they're far apart. Yeah, yeah. It's a good mirror to it, and I like that um, because when Pippin does it, Pippin does it out of, um. I don't know that it's shame, but he feels guilty about what happened. And Mary comes from a place of like anticipation, which I think is interesting to because he's paired with Eowyn, who also has like a um a a a a similar stance on um war in general, like because we talked about it at length last time like she has um a more noble view of 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 combat and like swearing oneself to one's liege lord and stuff yeah i i think this even comes from a more like a more nuanced uh place than eowyn's anticipation of battle because i think this is a really natural extension of mary's revelation in two towers that if there is anything that i can do I should do it. Yeah. Like, because what he said, excuse me, I have a sword. Because Theoden, in the last minute, find every able-bodied man you can. Uh And as far as Mary is concerned, he's an able-bodied man with a sword arm. Yeah. So he's just, of course, I'm going to answer the call. This is the right thing to do. I I have to do something. Though it begs the question, though, where did he get that sword? Because we just looked at um, the still from Weathertop, and it's definitely not the same sword. Yeah, it's definitely not. So I think... Um, I like your theory that it's Amr's old sword. That maybe he got from Eowyn. Like, maybe Eowyn found it for him. Yeah. Because she's the one who's most gung-ho about Mary being there later on in the right, camp. Right, right, right. So. He has just as much uh, to write. Uh, he has just as much of a right to fight as, as you do. Yeah. The paraphrase of what she says. She says it better than me, obviously. But. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it's Mary's argument to, to the ends, right? That's basically Eowyn's argument to Amor is just he's as much a part of the world as you are. Yeah. Like yeah. he has just as much a right in this like to do this. Right. Who who are you to tell him he can't defend the world? His home. Right. And I like that Theoden accepts it and Amor is just like, that's dumb. Like Yeah. 
just do it. Your your uncle is just like, well, of course you can you can ride out with us. Yeah. Do you think he's being a little patronizing? So in the in the commentary, because because later on, he says like, you know, none of my riders can spare the extra weight. I'm pretty sure Theoden says that. Uh, he might actually. I think you're right. Like, which muddles this some because I I think the they talk about in the commentary. Because um, Amber makes fun of him, but I'm pretty sure it's Theoden that says, like, none of my none of my men can spare the extra weight. And then Eowyn comes in with her crazy, like, arm, upper body strength and just, like, throws right. him on her horse. Come on, then. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, because he goes to Dunharrow with them. Right. He he gets there on this stubborn pony somehow. Yes. He's just, he's just ready to go. But they, they talk about in the commentary uh, this moment. Being more of a nod to the kind of the pleasant relationship that Mary and Thea didn't have in the book. Mm-hmm. The kind of uh, like this this mutual like of each other that they have. Yeah. So that's because cool. I imagine that Theoden is just as charmed by the hobbits as like Faramir is. Or Aragorn. Or Aragorn. Yeah. Like Theoden's like, oh, look at look at him. <laughs> oh, wow. Whereas like out of everyone... Out of everyone in the story so far, the only person other than uh, Eowyn who seems to have believed that the hobbits not only have a right to fight, they should like kind of be allowed to or know how to, in my opinion, is Boromir, Boromir. Because he's the one training them to fight. Right. He's just like, well, you're here. You've got a sword. I'm going to make sure you know how to use it. You you need to be able to defend yourself. Oh, that's so sad. Because like, yeah, like looking at Mary's through line from fellowship mm-hmm. to now where he's like i have a sword like and like perhaps that attitude of if i can do something i will do something came from boromir. boromir okay yeah yeah because then that makes boromir the impetus for both mary and pippin right in a different kind of way in a different uh con- like, like yeah. uh mary taking lessons from boromir in life and Pippin taking responsibility for Boromir in, in death. death. Oh, my boy! No! <laughs> Poor Pippin! Because, like... It, and that is... That's another mirror. It's another link between the two of them. Yeah. And I, I think it's really important narratively to keep Mary and Pippin's through lines linked. Because they are intended to be a matched set. Yeah. So I think that anytime you can kind of find stuff like that, it's cool in their story. Even though they are now uh, a thousand miles apart or whatever. Right. But yeah, they they both, yeah, they definitely both take inspiration from Boromir in different ways. Like Pippin, a, Pippin as uh, it, I'm responsible for this guy's death, and Mary as well. I'm going to be a man of action as he was in life. Right, right. So that, yeah, that's cool. I hadn't thought about it in that way until you just said that. <laughs> nice. Boom, got him. But... And then Eowyn continues this through line for Mary. Right. Whereas uh, Pippin is carried along. And influenced by Gandalf for the rest of the movie, pretty uh-huh. much. And then, ultimately, it's Pippin's limited interaction with Faramir that finishes his character arc and gives it its closure. Right. So they... And then then Eowyn and Faramir wind up together. Because, like, with Pippin, like, Mary comes at it from a place of admiration, almost. Yeah. And Pippin's coming at it from a place of guilt. Mm. And I think him being paired with Gandalf in that context is interesting because I think that Pippin still carries the guilt of Gandalf the Grey, like, yeah. dying. It also mirrors uh, Gandalf's 
relationship to Frodo and fellowship. Right. Because Frodo feels kind of uh, guilty on behalf of Bilbo. Bilbo yeah. Through the, all the stuff in Moria. Yeah. Have we, um, this is completely off topic from what we've been talking about right now, but have we talked about Frodo and Bilbo's relationship with the ring in the context of like inherited trauma? I think we did a little when we talked about um, uh, inherited like like legacies, legacies when we were talking about Aragorn and Frodo. I think we, were, we focused and, and more on like legacy, but like, um, you know what I talk, you know what I mean when I say inherited trauma, like yeah, like this this idea that you you inherit the trauma of your your parents, of your parents, and you have no idea what to do with it because yeah. it's not yours because you experience it so early in your life, it makes an impact on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's probably a certain amount of that. I don't know that we have talked about that, but now I'm like thinking about it because we just started talking about Frodo and Bilbo. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that that's probably that's another way to probably look at the ring, at least a yeah, in part. Because if you frame the ring, especially as mental illness. Yeah, some of which is hereditary or even like addiction. Yeah, which, which also is, is also right. Hereditary. A predisposition to that is also hereditary. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's an interesting way to look at it, too. I think we'll have to talk more about that when we talk about Frodo. Yeah. But I, I definitely think there's a certain kind of through line from the conversation that Frodo and Gandalf have in Moria uh, through Mary's character arc in kind of an interesting way. Mary's or Pippin's? Uh, Pippin's, sorry. Through Pippin's character arc. Because Pippin feels guilt for things that happened in Moria and Gandalf kind of gives Pippin the same advice in a different way that he gave to Frodo. In In what way? Uh, uh, kind of like convincing him that there's just because it's the end doesn't mean it's like it's bad just because things look dark doesn't mean that you can't like take solace in things around you like that's I think that's ultimately kind of the point of what Gandalf is trying to get to Frodo when he's talking about wanting to kill Gollum and wishing that Bilbo had done it yeah like when they're sitting there in the dark of Moria unsure of what to do next and I think that uh, that's that same sentiment is the thing that Gandalf was trying to get through to Frodo and like is trying to be gotten through to Frodo by like everyone around him through the first movie. Uh-huh. Just because this is such a, a great burden and things look so dire doesn't mean that you have to like ignore all the good things that came before. But now. up until this point in the movie, Gandalf has been very um, dour, right, about their chances with Pippin. Yeah, but he. He turns around like when things get kind of their darkest in Minas Tirith. Yes, yeah, because there's that really beautiful monologue that he says. Yeah, about, I'm I, I'm looking forward to talking about that. But yeah, yeah, no, I like I like that um, they included this scene in the extended edition because it is a good mirror. But like, I guess one could say that Mary and Pippin are essentially the same character, but like we just talk for ten minutes about how they're not. So yeah, they're they're definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> the because they they pledge their fealty in different ways. Yeah, there's nuances. To and it. the reaction of the person they pledge fealty to is totally different. Denethor sees it as almost uh, plays it off almost as like a trap that this guy has fallen into. Uh-huh. Whereas Theoden is just well happy to have someone else here. Yeah. Which I'm sad that they kind of erase that with later at Dunharrow. Yeah. Yeah. Though I guess you could say that, like, that's post-Aragorn leaving and Theoden's really stressed out. But, like, at the same time, like... It still hurts it, yeah. Yeah. But this is a really cute moment. Yeah. 
It's not like the music. Bernard Hill's like performance here is good. Um, why does Gimli include the fact that he 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 wishes he could summon? What does he say? He wishes he could. Summon... <laughs> I wish I could muster a legion of dwarves. Yeah, fully, fully armed, armed and filthy. filthy. Okay, what? Why? Why do they have to be dirty, Gimli? Like Gimli is just gross. <laughs> I guess. Do they not partake in in hygiene? Like why? <laughs> fully armed and filthy. Just all right. And it's not like Gimli looks like um oh what's the Peanuts character Pigpen. Right. Like it's not like he has like just a cloud of filth around him at all times. Like he looks well kept. I I don't know. I don't understand Gimli. Why are you like this? Is it like they've already killed their way through like things and that's why they're gross? Like I don't know. I I I don't know. Gimli just John Rhys Davies just said things in the audio booth. <laughs> I like fully armed and filthy because it's alliterative, but I don't understand. I mean, it also, I guess it kind of gives the image of like a battle hardened group. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm saying like, did they already fight their way through a squadron of orcs? Is that why they're gross? Maybe. Just covered in the black blood of their enemies. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, like, uh, the berserkers, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then Legolas is just like, don't worry about that, man. I'm sure they have their own trouble back home. Well, it's not that he's saying, don't worry about it. Like, he's being, <laughs> he's being really dour, too. Like, you know, I doubt your kinsmen have to ride to war because, like, the war has come to them, basically. Right. And in the in the commentary, Peter Jackson uh, mentions that at around the same time period in narrative in the book, Lothlorien and uh, the Dwarves in the North are being attacked by forces at the same time. Mm. That this is all going on. Like, there are, but there are battles happening. It would have been kind of cool to see some of that in the context of the movie. Oh no, I don't want to see that. That's uh, that's some Hobbit trilogy nonsense. I think it's cool to see stuff like that in the context of showing that the war is greater than a single battle. Yeah. And then when the the eye falls, like everyone kind of loses their crap because uh, I like to see the. I think that... I like to see the sweeping impact of the fall of the empire shots. Like I I like to see that sort of thing. Like um. Like in Return of the Jedi, instead of just seeing the Ewoks partying, it would have been cool to see like other people around right. the galaxy partying. But I think that is better served as a mini series mm. where you have more time to spend with like a legion of dwarves or um, a legion of elves. Like defend, like you know what I mean. Like you spend a couple episodes in dwarf the the dwarf lands. I think it could have worked seeing uh, Lothlorien being attacked because it's somewhere we've been. Be- yeah, that makes sense. I think that would be a little too confusing because the timeline already is um, hard so, to grasp. Yeah. 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 We didn't even talk about it this last week because we get, got distracted by Aragorn and Eowyn again. But like the thing you were saying about how if this was just like a movie and not an adaptation of a work, like, oh, it's an emergency. We got to muster over here and then we'll ride after day three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it that it's... It, it's only because we need to get Aragorn to the Paths of the Dead. Right, right. Yeah. No, I understand why. It's just like, like it's yeah, a, it's an emergency. We're leaving in three days. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a totally, it, it's a totally like metatextual solution to a narrative problem. Like the, the way that this is written around of getting Aragorn to the Paths of the Dead, the yeah. way that it's done in the book is just, oh, I came up with this idea and this like sort of this prophecy of the, 
the 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 army of the dead or whatever and i need to have a way for aragorn to get there and not show up with rohan yeah what am i gonna do okay i as a writer i understand as and also as like a moviegoer i understand but it's it's silly yeah so we're gonna we're gonna stop emergency the beacons are lit every able-bodied person north of gondor needs to go to this other place and we're leaving in three days <laughs> just all right why don't we like because if you were just doing this not adapting it you'd just be like well meet up on the road just outside the borders of gondor right and then you ride in as a group exactly yeah instead of riding further away from gondor to dunharo and gathering everybody yeah but okay also like we have no good grasp of the geography of middle earth in this movie I think. Also, Edoras, at least the way it's framed in the movie, looks like it's dead set in the middle of Rohan. Yes. So why wouldn't everyone gather in the middle first? Exactly. It's the seat of the king. Why wouldn't everyone come to him? Yeah, gather to the king. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's that sort of thing. Yeah. I think it works because um, we don't have a set like grasp of the geography of Middle-earth. Yeah. Weirdly, I think... The idea to have like that nightmare with Aragorn kind of sets that up in the movie in a way that might take some some people who look at things more closely away from it and be like, oh, they set this up. So, of course, they're going to go do that first. Oh, no, I don't like that, though. I don't like opening on a dream. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel about like the opening on a dream thing in general. But I think if there had been like that nightmare thing that some people that look at these things more closely were like, oh, they set it up. So now they're doing it. Yeah. And not looking at it and then I just said, well, why would you wait? It could have worked in, um, maybe in between when, when Pippin wakes up the Palantir and when Aragorn is talking to Eowyn about her nightmare. Like if they had had nightmares on the same night, you know what I mean? Right. Cause that's another connection to them. Like between yeah. those two. Yeah. I can see that. But I'll, whatever. <laughs> right. I think the theatrical cut of this movie just goes like. Even though they are at Dunharrow for a while, we, we go back to Frodo and uh, Sam. Right, like the the like structure. The pacing of it is good. Right, because the structure of all of these movies does a lot of stopping and starting and moving around. So the movie kind of gets you used to that structure of storytelling. Yeah. So it doesn't stand out as being weird. Yeah. Yeah, I think the movie does a good job of making sure I think, the pace yeah, doesn't drag. Yeah, because the the pacing, like we have the stuff going on at Gondor, and we have Frodo and Sam as well. So I think if, like, if the movie was just about the Riders of Rohan, of course it would drag, but it's right. not. So I think it works. I agree. I just think it's kind of silly. Yeah, if you if you really kind of pick it pick at it a little, it it does kind of sound silly. Yeah. Then we get uh this this minute ends with Theoden looking real contemplatively around. Yes, because I mean th- his perspective is, I've been I'm riding off to to death. I've had my mind back for two weeks, and I've already fought for the survival of my entire kingdom. Uh huh. And, and now I'm gonna do it just again. a couple days later. We're gonna ride off to Minas Tirith, and hopefully it's not the end of Rohan again. Right. All right, let's go. <laughs> In the commentary, Bernard Hill is just like. Uh, talks about them riffing on this footage a little bit. Just they and looking around. Did I leave the lights on? <laughs> Did I leave the oven on? Yeah, like... exactly. <laughs> That's funny. I fed the cat. <laughs> Took out the trash. Oh, 
I left the oven on. Just... <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Bernard Hill is just so charming in the commentary. Oh, yeah. That's this week. Uh, two weeks from today is minute 500. Wow. So there's that. Nice. This is minute. This is episode 490. Damn, really? Yeah. We're 10 away from the big five zero zero. Cool. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. We're from the website DuelingGenre.com. And we're still not even halfway through this movie. <laughs> and we're not even halfway through this movie. <laughs> We're from the website DuelingGenre.com. Go check that out. Check out all the other podcasts on the site. Uh, and if you just want to find more Movies by Minutes podcasts, go to MoviesByMinutes.com. They're all on there. There's about 140 of them now. Damn. So I'm sure you can find something else you're interested in. That's awesome. But uh, until next week, bye. bye.